Today's gospel comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 11 and 16 through 20. It's the gospel of Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 11 and 16 through 20. And it reads, After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to, in, to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, as the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest, go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. If not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide. For the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, Go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this that the Spirit submits to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Please be seated. It's on days like this where I might be inclined to say, I know the heating system is working because I am quite warm. But uh, as you will get to, to know over the, uh, the coming uh, weeks and months, I sweat easily. So um, even in the wintertime, you'll see me sweating. It's not out of nervousness, it's just who I am. But again, it is a joy to be here. Let us pray. O Lord of our hearts, please speak to this simple earthly vessel with all of its flaws and faults and failings, and let your message inspire us all. I ask 
that you hide me behind the cross and let only your words, let only your light shine on us all. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations within our collective hearts be acceptable within thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Called for a time such as this. Called for a time such as this. In Luke's Gospel, we just heard the passage when Christ sent his disciples out to make new disciples, to spread the good news, and to let all know that there is love, compassion, forgiveness, mercy, and grace for everyone. As Jesus sent them out, it was as if he was informing them that they were called for a time such as this. This was a ministry, a movement like no other. One that was speaking truth to power and one that was upsetting the norms. This was an outreach that also included those who were living in the shadows, those who were living out on the fringes. And even those, and even though these disciples were walking with Jesus, they were not really all that special or unique. They were just folks, like all of us, but with the added bonus of getting their marching orders from our risen Savior. So off they went, out to places near and far, being welcomed at some locations and ignored at others. But when they returned, they were beaming with their results, and how they were able to connect, and how they were able to heal, and how they were able to make a difference in a positive way. They moved the needle, and for them, it felt good. Jesus made sure that they kept their focus to better understand what their, what their success truly meant, and they knew that Christ was with them that they were walking with God incarnate, and that they were called to be there at a, such a time like that. There is something that binds us together, something common within all of us that if we allow ourselves to spend a little bit of effort, we will see not only how we are connected to each other, but also how any one of us at any given time can make a difference in someone's life. We might refer to it as rising to the occasion or responding to a call, but I believe that each of us has the ability to respond and act when called upon to be a good resource to someone who truly needs it. Or oh, it might not feel as, as important as those 70 disciples going out following the direction of Jesus. But don't discount any of the good work, any of the ongoing ministries within this church, any of the good activities throughout the greater community as something that is unimportant. To those who are looking for a way to put food on their table, 
Donated food can make a huge difference. A thrift shop or flea market is a proven way to provide a second use for donated clothing and household items. And if you are one of the folks that staff these activities, then you have been called for such a time like this. People who volunteer for various activities, such as canvassing the neighborhood for voter registration, helping, at an, helping out at an after-school program, participating in a book club, or simply being a sounding board for a friend who needs to voice their concerns. It might, again, it might not seem all that important, but each and every one is an example of how God's Spirit guides and directs us to act, offering us the choice to be helpful and resourceful for us to respond when we are called. You see, we have been blessed with free will, which means that even though God might call us, we could ignore the call and do our own thing. Being called, being asked to participate takes on a new and beautiful meaning when we respond because that is what we choose to do. Imagine the 70 or so disciples that Christ sent out if they were not fully on board with this call. If they were not fully engaged and committed to what they were being tasked with, what they were being called to do, how do you think it would have panned out the first time someone would have slammed the door in their faces, someone jeered at them, or they were threatened? Last week, there was a riveting event on TV where a young woman, a former aide within the previous presidential administration, came forward to provide a testimony to give her account of key events leading up to the assault and seditious acts that occurred at our nation's Capitol building on January the 6th. If you watched her during this televised hearing in front of the Congressional Select Committee, that also placed her in front of the nation and the world, you might have witnessed that here was a woman speaking out against some of the most powerful and influential men today. She is currently facing a barrage of threats because of her testimony and will probably struggle to be welcomed in some sectors of this country. Not because she was part of the insurrection, not because she sought to harm and intimidate our Congress and to, and to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power, and certainly not because of her political affiliation and or preferences. She finds herself in this precarious position simply because she responded to the call 
to speak her truth and to reveal facts that could help us immensely going forward. There are so many more folks who are far more prestigious and certainly more knowledgeable of the key events, the closed door meetings, the private communications that could help us to understand what truly happened, why it happened, and how we can pre prevent such an atrocity from ever happening again. But a good number of them will not come forward. Yet, this woman, this young woman, heard a call, felt compelled, and she came and spoke at a time such as this. When Jesus sent his disciples out, it was, it was part of a command and a call that continues to echo and resonate today. The church at large has been ever evolving ever since our Savior gave us the victory over the grave. The modern church continues to find its way to where God's Spirit is calling and guiding. This includes addressing and acknowledging when the church at large has fallen short of the call to follow the light and the love of Jesus. Practices such as excluding some folks because of their ethnicity, their gender, their sexual orientation, their physical and mental capabilities, just to name a few, might have been based on providing a safe drama-free worship home, but in each and every case, it was wrong because it denied people who were also created in the image of the Almighty, a place at the fellowship table, and the opportunity to walk with all believers to that throne of mercy and grace. What is happening right here at First Church is more cutting edge than at a lot of other churches and houses of worship, and more so than many churches within the Methodist connection. By becoming reconciling and welcoming, you and me have decided to move away from what might have been our assumed comfort place and to instead embrace a better reality of opening ourselves and our hearts and our minds and our doors to what God is calling us to do. You see, the safe bet is to be only with those that you know, those folks that look and think just like you. But when we are called to step out, to extend open arms, to greet people who we might have considered to be strangers as our sisters and brothers, then we are getting closer to where God wants us to be, to where we are being called to at this moment.
Jesus sent those disciples out to places where he knew they might be uncomfortable. So he gave them some tactics to help prepare them. He didn't send them out to the Ritz Carlton. And they were not traveling first class or even on megabucks. But even when they found themselves in areas that were different, and in some cases unwelcoming, they were ready because Christ was with them. The Spirit kept them on task for that which they were called to do. Tomorrow is the 4th of July, the day when we pause to enjoy something hot off of the grill, something cold in a cup, somewhere comfortable to relax, and perhaps to catch the Boston Pops on the Esplanade, or parade, or fireworks display as we celebrate our nation's birthday. I like to think of it as our initial Independence Day with the second one being the Juneteenth celebration, which marks the, the emancipation of the last group of enslaved people. It seems a little odd to celebrate when we are witnessing a steady erosion of some of the basic rights that have been in place for decades, such as voting rights, the right for a woman to choose what is best for her body, the right to marry the person that you love, and the right to live your life authentically as your true self. I know that even talking about these issues might make some folks uncomfortable. These are hot button issues. But because it makes us uncomfortable doesn't mean that God isn't calling us to them. Admittedly, I struggle to understand all that God is calling us to do, all that God is calling me to do. But I trust God because God has been and will always be good to each and every one of us. I trust God because God, God's love is unconditional. And because of that, I can embrace and accept that command that Christ gave that some to this day still find uncomfortable. To love your neighbor, to love yourself, and above all else, to love God. So even with all of our shortcomings, with chaotic news breaking seemingly every day, with how our core principles are being threatened, I am reminded of the poem that Emma Lazarus wrote, the one mounted on the Statue of Liberty, entitled The New Colossus which serves as both a call to those seeking a new life and a call to us to welcome our sisters and brothers to this new place and this new life. This poem 
not like the brazen giant of Greek fame. With conquering limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is an imprisoned lightning and her name Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she, with silent lips Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore, send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my land beside the golden door. Beloved, I am honored and so happy to be called here. And I look forward to seeing just how the Spirit will call all of us as a church family to welcome, to serve, to love, and to forgive, calling us all for a time such as this.